Welcome to our daily portion with WIT Ministries. I'm Matt Russell, and I'm the director of WIT Ministries. And at Walking in Truth Ministries, we want to help people to be able to live a more God-centered, God-focused life and uh, in every aspect of their life. So the purpose for this podcast is for us to really strengthen our biblical discipline of reading the Bible. So I'm going to read a scripture every day where I'm going to share a nugget about that scripture. And then I'm going to say a little prayer at the end. And that will be the entirety of our episodes for this podcast. Uh, Please feel free to check us out at walkingintruthministries.org. Or you can also check out our other podcast, which is Living the Wit Life with Walking in Truth Ministries. I hope that this podcast blesses you as much as it blesses me. And uh, let's go ahead and get started with our daily portion. Are you concerned about what the future holds? Are you confident that the retirement plans that you have today will still be secure tomorrow? Let us help you by clearing up the uncertainty. This is Matt Russell, the director of WIT Ministries. Many of us at Walking in Truth Ministries are bivocational, working in our ministry as well as in the financial services industry at WinBig Financial Group. We help people to build a tax-free and risk-free retirement. Give me a call at 817-903-2575 to support our ministry and to secure your family's financial future. Again, Call today at 817-903-2575. Thank you and God bless. Judges 8. Zebah and Zalmunna routed. Then the men of Ephraim said to him, What is this thing you have done to us, not calling us when you went to fight against Midian? And they contended with them vigorously. But he said to them, What have I done now in comparison with you? Is not the gleaning of the grapes of Ephraim better than the vintage of Abiezar? God has given the leaders of Midian, Oreb, and Zeb into your hands, and what was I able to do in comparison with you? Then their anger toward him subsided when he said that. Then Gideon and the three hundred men who were with him came to the Jordan and crossed over, weary yet pursuing. He said to the men of Sukkoth, Please give loaves of bread to the people who are following me, for they are weary, and I am pursuing Zeba and Zalmunna, the kings of Midian. The leaders of Sukkoth said, Are the hands of Zeba and Zalmunna already in your hands, that we should give bread to your army? Gideon said, All right, when the Lord has given Zeba and Zalmunna into my hand, then I will thrash your bodies with the thorns of the wilderness and with briars. He went up from there to Penuel and spoke, Similarly to them, and the men of Penuel answered him, just as the men of Sukkoth had answered. So he spoke also to the men of Penuel, saying, When I return safely, I will tear down this tower. Now Zeba and Zamuna were in Karkor, and their armies with them. About 15,000 men, all who were left of the entire army of the sons of the east, for the fallen were 120,000 swordsmen. Gideon went up by the way of those who lived in tents on the east of Nobah in Jogbeha and attacked the camp when the camp was unsuspecting. When Zeba and Zalmunna fled, he pursued them and captured the two kings of Midian, Zeba and Zalmunna, and routed the whole army. Then Gideon, then Gideon, the son of Joash, returned from the battle by the ascent of Ares. 
And he captured a youth from Sukkoth and questioned him. Then the youth wrote down for him the princes of Sukkoth and its elders, 77 men. He came to the men of Sukkoth and said, Behold, Zeba and Zalmunna, concerning whom you taunted me, saying, Are the hands of Zeba and Zalmunna already in your hand, that we should give bread to your men who are weary? He took the elders of the city and thorns of the wilderness and briars, and he disciplined the men of Sukkoth with them. He tore down the tower of Penuel and killed the men of the city. Then he said to Zeba and Zalmunna, What kind of men were they whom you killed at Tabor? And they said, they were like you, each one resembling the son of a king. He said, they were my brothers, the sons of my mother, and the Lord lives. If only you had let them live, I would not kill you. So he said to Jether, his firstborn, rise, kill them. But the youth did not draw his sword, for he was afraid because he was still a youth. Then Zeba and Zalmunna said, rise up yourself and fall on us. For as the man, man so is his strength. So Gideon arose and killed Zeba and Zalmunna and took the crescent ornaments which were on their camels' necks. Then the men of Israel said to Gideon, Rule over us, both you and your son, also your son's son, for you have delivered us from the hand of Midian. But Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you, nor shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. Yet Gideon said to them, I would request of you that each of you give me an earring from his spoil. For they had gold earrings because they were Ishmaelites. They said, We will surely give them. So they spread out a garment, and every one of them threw an earring there from his spoil. The weight of the gold earrings that he requested was 1,700 shekels of gold, besides the crescent ornaments and the pendants and the purple robes which were on the kings of Midian, and besides the neckbands that were on the camels' necks. Gideon made it into an ephod and placed it in his city, Ophrah. And all Israel played the harlot with it there, so that it became a snare to Gideon and his household. Forty years of peace. So Midian was subdued before the sons of Israel, and they did not lift up their heads any more. And the land was undisturbed for forty years in the days of Gideon. Then Jerubbabel, the son of Joash, went and lived in his own house. Now Gideon had seventy sons who were his direct descendants, for he had many wives. His concubine, who was in Shechem, also bore him a son, and he named him Abimelech. And Gideon, the son of Joash, died at the ripe old age and was buried in the tomb of his father Joash in Ophrah of Abizrites. Then it came about as soon as Gideon was dead that the sons of Israel again played the harlot with the Baals and made Baal Bereth their god. Thus the sons of Israel did not remember the Lord their God, who had delivered them from the hands of all their enemies on every side, nor did they show kindness to the household of Jerubbabel, that is, Gideon, in according with all the good that he had done to Israel. I know many times when we read Judges, or a lot of the, the Bible, we find places where we kind of say, this this just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense how God would say, I will deliver you, but then the end result is something negative. It just doesn't make sense. Why would God do that? Why in one breath would he be giving them victories, and in the next breath, it's almost like they're paying consequences. It's It's like they went against God's wishes doing what God asked them to do. But that's not the case at all. In fact, all of the victories are coming at God's hand and by God's uh, proclaiming the victories. The result or the immediate 
response afterward is where you see the falling. Like here, you can see that Gideon was given victory. In fact, God said, remember, you've got too many people. I need you to send a bunch of people home so that everyone who looks on will be able to, to know that I am your God and there's no possible way you could have had victory without me. That it wasn't by your own hand. In fact, he said that. I don't want you speaking to Gideon and, and referring to him and the people. I don't want you to feel as if you were the one who caused this victory. So I don't want that. I want you and everyone else to realize that there's no possible way you could have had victory without me because I do the impossible. And what happens as soon as he had victory? Gideon had the victory, it chased everybody off, and then he continued to pursue them. And then as he's going by, he's passing by um, the people, and he says, hey, as we're, as we're going by, go ahead and feed my army. And they're, they mock him. Now think of this. God said, all the victory is going to be mine. He didn't say continue to pursue them. He didn't say, hey, once you have victory and they go running, chase them down. He just said, I'm going to give you victory there. I'm going to deliver. Your name is going to be known. All of the enemies around you, I'm going to give you victory over. Not total annihilation. He's, he has said that in different places, but in this place, no. They have their established space. He's saying, I'm wanting them to back off. I'm wanting them to stay out. I'm going to give you victory. And then they're going to know not to mess with my people because I am your God. Well, Gideon says, hey, they're on the run. Let's go. Let's go chase them. Let's go. He didn't get God's neck, God's uh, next direction for him. He just started chasing them. And as he's passing by, he said, flat out, go ahead, feed, take care of my people. And they said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you already have victory? And they said, fine. And now is when, here's the problem. One, he's not pursuing God's direction first. He's pursuing his own righteousness and glory first. Secondly, He's going through here and he's getting this pride, this very arrogant pride. He's passing by these people and he's like, you know what? You're not going to take care of us. Did you not see what we just did? He's already taken that credit for himself. He says, fine, we're going to go take care. We're going to go ahead and take care of Zeba and Zalmuna. And then after we're done, we'll come back here and then I'll teach you a lesson. And then he does it again. After the people of Sukkoth, then he's passing through. And then it goes to the next group. And he says to them, hey, same thing. And they, they go, no. And the Tower of Penuel, they said, they said, no, we're not going to. The people of Penuel were questioning. And he said, fine. When I come back, when we make our way back through here, after having total victory, we're going to come back through here and I'm going to tear down your tower. So he's teach, he's entitled. His pride and arrogance has gotten him to this point of him to, to this point of pride and and um, entitlement 
But he says, I am so good, you should bow down to me. And that's exactly what God didn't want. So he said, fine, go ahead. I'll stop punishing you. Throw all your, you know, each of you throw a golden earring in. They all do. He melts it down. He makes an ephod. Something to represent how great he is. Again, glorifying him. And then the people, it said immediately. So they've been given this victory. And then he puts up this sign to represent this victory. Not like, you know, Moses or Abraham or Isaac or Jacob. Not putting up an altar. Not putting up something that memorializes or glorifies God's hand. But he puts up something that represents his victory. And it says they play the harlot. They begin to pray to it. It becomes a new idol for them. Which sends them right back into the place to where they're no longer remembering what God did for them. And they're beginning to pray to pagan false gods. It's the same cycle. The victory was given to them by God. This is not God saying... Uh, do this at one moment and then punish them the next moment. He's given them clear direction and they're not following through. So in our lives, we need to remember that every victory is God's. Every victory is God's. No matter how small and how simple it seems. God has given you the strength and given you the ability to achieve victory and success in your life. In fact, he says that if you will, if you will follow him diligently, if you will diligently pursue obedience to his commands and his statutes and his ordinances, then he will give you success everywhere that you go and everywhere that you turn. We all want the success, but we want to get rid of the the part that we have to play. We want to just have it because we're so good. Well, the reason why you're so good is because God has given you that gift. So we must remember every victory is the Lord's. Every time there's a miracle, it's not because, you know, uh, some man did something so phenomenal and amazing. No, God gave them the gifts to be able to do that. Now, that person made the choice. But the choice is obedience. God owns every victory. So, Father, thank you for the victories. Thank you for your hand that you play in the success that we have. And sometimes the success comes in a way that we don't even understand. Um, and, And Father, that just makes it even more obvious that it's you, that it can't be us. But Father, whenever it just plays out perfectly, the exact way that we plan to where we sit down, we write out our goals, we we set forth an action plan and we execute. And then through that achieve success, Father, help us to remember that it was still you. It was still you who delivered. It was still you who came through. It was still you helping us to put forth our effort, uh, whether it be through practice or whether it be through repetition or whether it be through whatever it is father it's you so thank you for that and let every victory be worthy of the sacrifice that you gave us in jesus name amen 
Thank you for joining us today. And I hope that uh, that blesses you either as an individual or uh, with you and your other loved ones. Uh, maybe this is uh, something that you're utilizing to, to spend with your family uh, some time around God's word. And uh, of course, that is great. I love that. And I'd love to hear how uh, the Daily Portion podcast is blessing you. If you would, just go to our website at walkingintruthministries.org and um, go on there and just drop us a little note about uh, this podcast or one of our other podcasts or even just check out the events that we have available. Uh, but again, thank you very much and look forward to seeing you again tomorrow as we dig into our daily portion with WIT Ministries. God bless.